These days, society encourages us to be our authentic selves, to embrace who we are and be proud to share that with the rest of the world. But for one night, we're encouraged to be someone or something completely different. What mask will you wear? It's our Halloween show, and in this episode, we'll share some costuming history, some of our favorite holiday memories, and offer up some of our favorite kinds of masks. Trick or treat, this is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack, the show where we take a look at the past and see how it shapes the future. My name is Brian Grantham. With me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to be back for our second episode and especially excited because it's that perfect time of year. Yeah, definitely. I love Halloween. I When I was a kid, I always had Halloween uh, decorations up in my room like mm-hmm. all year long. And it, it's my favorite time of the year. The weather starts getting a little bit cooler. Finally. Um, and then just getting to see all the, the spooky and, and gory things brought to the forefront everywhere you go. Right. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily one of these Halloween 365 kind of people. I don't live that kind of deep Halloween style life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly, throughout the year, appreciate horror movies and the kind of macabre. And I love, you know, that sort of stuff. But when the, when the weather changes and the leaves start to fall mm-hmm. and the kids are in school, like... Just it is becomes the perfect time of year to start celebrating all that stuff. And then when you start seeing it around town, mm-hmm. at the stores and then the commercials on TV and then everything just becomes themed. Oh, my gosh. It's like just living in the moment. I love it. I savor it as long as I can. Yeah. The only downside is, um, I guess, as time goes on, that time frame for Halloween gets smaller and smaller at the retail point. Right. <laughs> and so it's like I, there's already Christmas decorations oh. up and like everything like that in stores. So uh, It almost feels like they put out Halloween and Christmas at the same time. There was such little solo Halloween mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. And now I think different stores have even started scaling back. Like I think Target's Halloween section has diminished and the christmas section is increased right uh i just ignore all that you know (laughs) there is a time for that although it's really hard in my house right now because i'm decorated for halloween got all the decorations in the yard i got a bunch more decorations than i usually have Mm -hmm. inside the house because i'm hosting a big party um this weekend but my daughter (laughs) she takes piano lessons and so she's practicing her christmas piece already Mm -hmm. and so it's like I'm trying to get in the spooky mood. <laughs> and then here's Charlie Brown's Christmas theme on the piano. And uh, I'm just trying to stay focused. But I'm managing pretty well. You should print her some um, some sheet music of like, here comes Halloween or something like yes. that. It marries the two together, Christmas yeah. and and, uh, and Halloween. And then you just say, hey, when you're warming up your fingers, just play this for me. And then you can practice the real thing afterwards. Right. Perfect. Cool. Uh, yeah. So the... Um, this time of year is also especially nice for for me because because I like that so much. It's like we, me, and my family always go to Spirit because they have their fake haunted house in it, um, and it's just nice. Like my kids like jumping on all the things that like all the animatronic Halloween stuff and uh, going into. I think I talked about it. I may have talked about it a little bit last episode. I don't think I did, but uh, my youngest daughter loves the haunted house in it, mm-hmm. and my oldest daughter. Like she loves spooky stuff, but gets she's too scared to go in it without right. without me. And um, but this year was such a big letdown. Did you go to Spirit this year? I went to the the one down there uh, near Mall of Georgia. Okay, did they have uh, the haunted the, house in it? They have a thing like it's a structure that you can apparently walk mm-hmm. through. It seemed yeah. kind of small. I didn't go in it. Okay, so I don't know. So this year it's all LCD screens, and it's, it's supposed to be like a an aquarium. Uh-huh. And there's like octopus tentacles and there's like a thing where a shark hits the, the screen and makes it crack and like there's like mist things that shoot out of it or whatever but it's a big letdown everyone was pretty pretty sad about it this year compared to last year on the spirit halloween forums mm-hmm. well i don't know <laughs> everyone in my family <laughs> okay oh you're like everybody i was like wow you must you're on the pulse of the yeah. halloween spirit train <laughs> yeah i keep track of those people <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so um we like going there just taking a look at, at all the costumes um I, I get my kids every other Halloween and this year they're with their mom. So I didn't buy them any costumes, mm-hmm. but we still went to go look because um, I was trying to see if there was anything that came out new that I like. 
Uh, usually when I buy costumes, I piece everything together. Like I don't buy a costume. Mm-hmm. This year I did buy a costume just because. Because um, I'm making you? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to piece together a costume, okay. but the thing that I wanted is, is a mask and I wear glasses. And so like I don't feel like buying contacts just to wear a mask. Right. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that I'll have to check out that spirit thing because my kids aren't huge in the Halloween uh no, they lo- they love Halloween. They're not huge in the haunted houses, I should say. We did go to Six Flags Fright Fest uh, last year, mm-hmm. and we were good until like one thing, and then we were like, "Oh no, this is bad." But I think that little what you're talking about, the little haunted house, that's that's kind of good to ease kids into that haunted house mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, because I am just I pray one day my kids will want to go to Netherworld Haunted House, mm-hmm. which is uh, we have this world-renowned haunted house in atlanta called netherworld uh it's amazing it's you know a you know million dollar operation it's it's fantastic but it is it is super scary super scary it's not for the weak of heart so uh they are definitely not on that level yet did did you do that a lot when you were a kid go to haunted houses yes yeah so yeah. that was a thing that my mom and i always did so my mom was always into halloween she like she probably worked at a bank at the time, but like she would dress up like a witch, like face paint and mm-hmm. everything, you know? And, um, and so like, but she was really into it. So we always went to haunted houses and, you know, like I remember it was, we always went to like JC haunted houses uh, and different cities that we lived in and stuff. Um, the best were like when there were houses by themselves, like in like a rundown part of some neighborhood or something. Uh, there was one in Alabama that I went to that was like an old prison, and so that oh, was cool. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. And like um but like the the worst scare I ever had in a haunted house. I was probably like 10 or something like that. And it was like one of these haunted houses and my it was my mom and her like one of her best friends and me and I was holding her best friend's hand and my hand was real sweaty and I let go of it and wiped it off and I went to hold it again and it, there was a glove on the hand this time and it felt really oh, weird. Oh my god! And I looked up and it was Jason Voorhees <laughs> and I lost it and I just took off running and there were stairs in front of us and so I went to run up the stairs and there was a nail sticking out of the stairs what? and my shoelace got caught on it so I fell down on the stairs and oh, I was, it was probably the scariest thing that has ever happened to me in a haunted house. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Uh, I have one, one haunted house story uh, worth note is when i was a teenager in jackson mississippi we went to this janky haunted house and i really don't remember much of anything i think it was in this old converted strip mall Mm -hmm. they were just using vacant space so it was one of these pop-up ones it's never the same place twice Mm -hmm. and uh they had like the lunatics were running the asylum and so they had this faux mental institution and all the crazy people were going insane behind this cage which was just like chain link fencing Mm mm-hmm and for effect, I guess they had the fence uh, electrified. You know, they had like a charge going through it so they could do, mm. I think maybe like have like uh, a jumper cable or something. Right. That you scrape across it and make sparks and mm-hmm. stuff. But I didn't know that. And um, I just, I touched it. Like they could ha- they had it where you could like just, it was out there. Mm-hmm. And no warning or anything. And I touched it. And I was, and I was so like, it wasn't like on my i wasn't on the floor or anything like that but it was one of those sensations like i couldn't comprehend what that was and i was like yeah uh, and, and so i was i touched it again just to be like what was that and i was like oh oh i'm getting electrocuted that's what that is so uh yeah i've never been the same since <laughs> yeah the um it's so funny too because like you know being a I went to like haunted houses through like adulthood. I haven't been in the past couple of years. I, I'd like to go down to another world, like what you're talking about. But um, the uh, the last one I went to, like um, I was probably like 22 or 23, and uh, I'm I'm from Key West, and uh, so we I was current I was, at the time I was working at a bank, and me and my boss and like some other people went to the haunted house there. And it's so funny because like walking through a haunted house as an adult compared to a kid, like I'm just like okay, someone's going to jump out here or whatever. Like, like I go into it going, okay, well this is all fake. And like, there might be times where I'm like, gee, and like, like, you know, yeah, jump, jump or whatever. Scares. But like he, like my boss was like running through it. Cause he was <laughs> terrified of everything. And I, all I could think was like, it's crazy to me. Cause he's an adult. Like he knows, yes. but it, that, that makes everything 
worth it because like it's still i don't know that gush of adrenaline and everything like that you know it's a it, it's 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 what makes those things fun right yeah yeah it, it's way more fun to go with someone who embraces mm-hmm. that or is truly scared mm-hmm. uh part of the fun of taking people to netherworld is it's not for my personal enjoyment of of me being scared it's watching other people right. be scared mm-hmm. but yeah uh i live i live for this time of year it's it's my favorite holiday yeah. uh so one of the things that's that is fun about haunted houses are the different costumes that everybody wears right and so that kind of is what I wanted to talk about today were the costumes that from when we were kids and what was popular and that kind of thing. And then going into the costumes of today and what is the same, what's different and stuff like that. Right. So when you were a kid, do you have, what were your, what kind of costumes did you normally wear for, for Halloween? So I was very fortunate in that my mom for our Halloween tradition wasn't we'd go to, you know, the grocery store and look in their Halloween masks mm-hmm. uh, or their their packaged costumes. Our tradition was we'd go to the fabric store okay, and we'd look for patterns <clears throat> of costumes that she would make. And so I still to this day, like she kept them and then handed them off to me mm-hmm. in hopes that my kids would use them sometimes. And we actually have used pieces here and there. But uh, my mom would sew uh, costumes for me and my sister. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were were duo costumes. Um, so I still like last year. I used this beautiful satin um, Dracula cape that she made me. Uh, I've got this really really great um, Kermit the Frog outfit mm-hmm. that she made, where like the mouth was open to reveal my face, so I could see, but it had the big you know, uh, styrofoam eyeballs on top and I had little gloves and it was really cute. And my sister was Miss Piggy at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and these are, these were just from patterns that you get at the fabric store, like Joann's or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hold up really well and it was always cool cause you know, no other kids had those. Right. It wasn't like someone just buying an apron and a little plastic mask with a string on it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was unique to me. So, and, and they look good too, yeah. right? Because like your mom was good at, at sewing and everything. Yeah. Like that. And then as I was, you know, like a, a an older kid and a you know preteen, then I started doing my own thing mm-hmm. and looking. For, you know, I would do more makeup stuff because one of my one of my childhood dreams was become a, a makeup special effects artist. And so I would <laughs> look at these books and and do zombie makeup and stuff like that. But uh, when it was like a true costume, mm-hmm. I, it was my mom. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I I was my I don't think my mom never sewed anything. She may have done one year I was a smurf and so I she probably made the hat and the pants or something. I may have just worn stuff. I don't remember I got painted up for that. For me I was almost always painted in some way cuz like um I I was talking to her uh earlier and we were talking about the costumes that I had at the time and um like I remember I remember doing a uh, Dracula one year and uh, and stuff like that. But so very rarely was I ever something that I bought at a store. Uh, usually it was something that we may have bought like a piece or something like that, like a cape uh, would for like the Dracula thing. And um, I'm pretty sure I had teeth, but we always bought the, the makeup, right? Um, those little watercolor looking mm-hmm. makeup kits. Uh, we always bought that. And then, and then that. And so I was talking to my mom about, um, the things that I was generally as a kid and I was a pirate a couple years. Uh, I was a Smurf. Um, I was a clown one year. I was ghouls a lot, like just like different random ghouls. And that would have just been because of face paint stuff. Um, and then one year I was Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger. Um, and that one was one that I bought cause uh-huh. I, I remember having like the, the plastic glove and like all that stuff. Yeah. And it's so funny to me that like that was marketed towards kids, you know? Oh, totally. <laughs> so, um, but you know, um, for the most part, for me, uh, it was just all basic things like you know pirates and ghouls and dra- and vampires and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, great Halloween memories. Yeah. Now I know you said that most of the time you were not something off the shelf, mm-hmm. and for the same part. Most of the time, I was not either. But there are a few times in my Halloween memories 
where I remember having a mask mm-hmm. that I did buy from the store. Um, if you look back at photos, and I don't remember this first one. It's strictly just a photo memory. Um, I mentioned my mom did did duo costumes for us. And so only one time was I one of those Ben Cooper style mask and apron things. Mm-hmm. My sister was Snoopy and I was Woodstock. Nice. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've got a photo of that somewhere. And then I had, as a teen, I bought a Jason mask. Mm-hmm. And I still have that. That's actually, you can see it at my Halloween party. It's okay. going to be a decoration there. Um, and then, but my, my favorite mask, and I've got a picture of this. I'll try to put it somewhere where folks can see it. Um, I don't know where we got it, but it definitely was not homemade. And it was a Hordak mask from Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Or, or actually from She-Ra. Mm-hmm. My sister was She-Ra. I was Hordak. And uh, it was pretty choice. Is your sister older than you or younger than yeah, you? She's older than me. Okay. Um, so the Snoopy mask, uh-huh. was it forward facing? Cause so like, it, this might only be because when I, when I was younger, I drew Snoopy a lot and I always did like a profile uh-huh. view of him. but like in my head, Snoopy is very rarely ever facing forward. Uh-huh. Right. was it like a dude, I can't picture it in my uh, mind right now. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it looked like Snoopy. Right. So mm-hmm. they did whatever they could. Yeah. The, it was probably like just slightly off uh-huh. center. So that it had a slight profile to it. A lot of those masks from that time period are also just very strange looking. Like when you go <laughs> no back, and like, I doubt. don't know. No doubt. Uh, so like some, so sometimes in the costumes that I would make, uh, we would have to incorporate a mask. One year I was like a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And so it was all like clothes that I had kind of outgrown. And we just like uh, got brown fur from the fabric store and like, like, like ripped it in certain parts uh-huh. and sewed that there. And then I had like a werewolf mask that had these awesome hologram eyes that had skulls in them. And then I just so happened to have like this like rubber skeleton that I had in my room. So I put it, I hung it out of my mouth also. Uh, so it was pretty cool. But, uh, so I know on the last episode I talked about my tail, my Crypt Keeper mask from Tales from the Crypt. We've only had two. <laughs> this is only our second episode and we're already repeating ourselves. No, but well this, so that was on my, one of my, I had I didn't have like a four post bed, but I had a, like a elaborate headboard on my bed because it was my grandmother's bed at one point, and so um, on like there was like post on that, and so very I, this is very specific <laughs> bed information here. <laughs> I had the crypt keeper mask on one of those posts, but on another okay. one was this awesome mask that I had. Uh, it didn't fit me because it was made for adults, but it was all these faces sewn together, and it was the coolest mask. And so like you know the mouth was like an eye or something like that, like an eye hole from a face that was on there. Yikes. And then, and you know it was like it was just really cool like a bunch of like like you were looking through other people's eye holes but like it was like an upside down face or you know some, it was like a bunch of faces tell me you have a picture of this somewhere i like no, in the background something maybe I, there might be a picture somewhere of that my mom said that she's actually going to send me she has she said told me she has pictures of all my halloween costumes yes and so she's gonna i said send them to me do it <laughs> so uh, maybe we could make one a thumbnail or something like that <laughs> that'd <But>. be great <laughs> uh, and if it's a really good picture we need to start like a a facebook fan page for this bed contraption you made <laughs> uh that sounds awesome uh so the um you know masks are a very integral part of halloween and mm-hmm. part of the vibe um and you know it's not in my memory it, they've always been in my memory mm-hmm. and i wonder back how far it goes into the into the america's consciousness mask culture goes one of my favorite things for halloween when i was a kid mm-hmm. um you know we talked about going to the stores and seeing the spooky stuff and feeling the vibe for me it was never truly halloween season until i went to the mall and Spencer's gifts had those grotesque, awesome, gnarly masks. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite things to go back and look at is just to go in those stores and, and be wowed at those. I think must've cost, you know, a hundred dollars or something. I would never afford one, but I always looked at just like how gnarly and nasty they were going to the bookstore and look at Fangoria and then going to going to the Spencer gifts, looking at those masks, my favorite thing. The, I, I love doing that as well. And the thing that always bothered me about those masks, though, was that they didn't fit your skin like a movie, like a movie monster, right? Right, like your lips wouldn't move with mm-hmm. it and that kind of stuff. They eventually came out with ones that had like hinged jaws and that worked a little bit better. Uh, but nowadays, you can get 
like there's this guy that does these replica Freddy Krueger masks and, uh-huh. and he does like different ones from the different movies and they're silicone and like they like hug the way he cuts it like it hugs your eye sockets and your lips and stuff and so like it looks like makeup it's not uh-huh. it, you don't see the I've mask. seen that on, it, so, on social media it's insane it's it's crazy to think about like how good those masks are compared to how like the way that Halloween started with like uh, back in the thirties, right. With, so with those costumes. Yeah. So, right. um, so basically I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Ben Cooper and uh, how he kind of revolutionized Halloween. And uh, you know, if you watch movies um, that take place like in the seventies or eighties, a lot of times you see, these costumes that mm-hmm. that came from him and uh, Collegeville and stuff like that. People would call these like dime store costumes. Yes. So these are like the exact opposite of these like super fancy masks that we see. <laughs> right. Seen. Right. The highly detailed silicon, hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. No, no. This is the total opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like uh, mo- this guy that that created this stuff. He um, he was making stuff like for. Uh, for Broadway and like he was like a costume designer for that mm-hmm. right and uh, when the Great Depression happened uh, people stopped going to the theater and so he was looking around for something that was cheap for people to buy and that would still be part of what he did for a living right and so he created a um, he was from New York and he created a costume company uh, and the way he got started was um, Snow White had come out and was incredibly popular, right? And mm-hmm. so he uh, reached out to to Walt Disney and was like, "Hey, uh, I think kids are going to want to dress up as these characters from this movie." And so he got a licensing deal with with uh, Disney and started making for girls Snow White and the um, evil stepmother costumes. And then he did like the Seven Dwarfs and stuff like that, right? And so this became incredibly popular, and. Uh, it, it he wound up getting like basically the licensing to all of the Disney stuff. And he made like Mickey mouse costumes and Donald duck and, and that kind of thing. So, um, that he really grew his whole empire from that. And eventually, you know, the company branched out into other licensing deals. They still made a lot of different masks based off of, you know, monsters like mummies and vampires and stuff. But a lot of those weren't, um, they were not licensed necessarily. And it's cool. If you look back at them, like the colors that they used in these masks are so crazy. It's a bunch of, if, if you look at them, you would think they were made for black lights, right? Oh yeah. They're just the psychedelic colors. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And so, uh, but generally speaking, uh, it's a really cheaply made vacuum for mask and a smock essentially. Yeah. And some of the costumes were like, some of them were cloth. They had cloth costumes, uh, but some of them were literally just like plastic, like like almost like ponchos that you would wear. Yeah, like these tablecloths you <laughs> yeah, can buy for a yeah, dollar. Exactly, and then and then a, like a cheap vacuum form mask. And the whole idea was to to make it cheap and then be able to um, mass produce it like crazy. And then uh, you can have as such a crazy variety of of things because they did stuff like anything, like things from like like. Disney characters and Star Wars characters and superheroes, um, you know, from like John Travolta uh, from Welcome Back, Hotter, <laughs> and just like like they, they like you could you could buy a costume of Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, and just like just crazy things like that. Like you would just be like people people were getting really into pop culture and TV and that kind of thing over time. Mom, I want to be Mr. Roper. <laughs> what? I can't, you know what? I bet you there is some awesome like Mr. T costumes. Uh-huh. Uh, I would have probably worn a Mr. T costume when I was a kid because I loved like everything that, that he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they were ubiquitous. You saw them everywhere. Um, I saw a picture that someone shared with me, uh, recently and it was a black and white photo but it was actually early 80s still mm-hmm. and it was on a school bus of all these kids and they almost every single kid had one of these ben cooper style masks on where it was just cheap plastic with a smock and it was it was cool it was really neat to see that time period but what i remember about those and granted i only had that one mm-hmm. which i don't remember because i was so small i was probably like two or three but uh the, the smocks aside, like the focus is always on the mask, but the mask was such flimsy plastic. Mm-hmm. They always broke. Like you, yes. you had to keep 
touch them with kid gloves and, and just so delicately. And the little strap was mm-hmm. so thin; yeah, those always broke. Mm-hmm. So if they, I think if they would have just made them a little bit thicker plastic and a little bit thicker uh, elastic, it would have been a lot better quality. But I guess they they knew what they're doing, hitting those price points where it made mm-hmm. it affordable for everybody and uh, not that hard to replace, and just total variety, like you said, of all different kinds of superheroes and monsters and TV stars, and then just custom stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it's those masks would like if you just like dropped it, like they they would just crack and stuff like that. So, um, now, and it, now is 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 Ben Cooper still around? So no, they're they have uh, since been absorbed by Rubies, uh, which is another costume company. Um, but that so actually getting there is is kind of crazy because um, basically these costumes sold for like like a buck twenty five a piece, right? And then they. The most popular ones, believe it or not, at the beginning of it were your generic things like pirates and skeletons and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then through the eighties you started getting more and more into the um uh more into the uh license licensing yeah. and, and that kind of thing. But what happened is I have seen a couple different things where people say um that there was a hit to Halloween because um, you had a situation where parents were worried about safety for kids. Ben Cooper tried to combat that by making like costumes that were reflective or they they weren't reflective. Like you think of nowadays, they had glitter on them. Right. And, uh, stuff like that. Um, but there, there people, parents were just like not letting kids go out. You know, you had scares about can, you know, razor blades and candy apples and stuff. <laughs> of course. And so, um, so people stopped buying costumes as much. And I don't, I don't think that that's really like the thing that messed them up. I think it was probably, uh, you know, like they were, they were working with razor, razor thin margins mm-hmm. and, uh, with all these licensed deals that they had going on. I mean, in the eighties you had stuff like Alf and Garfield yeah. and like, like almost all of them were licensed. And I just couldn't imagine that as cheap as they were selling these costumes, you know, they said that they were going to move their factory from Georgia into one of the Carolinas. And then they, they filed for bankruptcy. And the reason I don't think that it was an issue with safetyness for Halloween is there's other big costume manufacturers during that time that didn't go file for bankruptcy uh-huh. right and so like um so like collegeville is like one of their main competitors and uh so um so ben cooper said we're moving our factory to carolinas they file for bankruptcy they then say hey we uh it was the moving that that really did us in and then all of a sudden their factory burned down um oh and, don't you hate when that happens yeah, it, right was, when you... it was weird timing for yeah, that kind of odd. thing to happen too um, and their insurance company refused to pay for uh, for the damages to it, and he wound up going through appeals court and stuff with that. Um, but then they came back, and they were back and better than ever and starting to make costumes again. Uh, and then um, they uh, they wound up having issues and started – they filed for bankruptcy again, right? And then this time they were absorbed by rubies. And so okay. – um, but yeah, so, um, it, and you know, uh, college, collegeville is still a costume company and you can go to like their headquarters and stuff like that. And they have like a shop where they don't make these same type of costumes necessarily anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the Ben Cooper line, um, you know, Ruby's owns it, but there's the cool thing about like that stuff. If you look into it, um, you can see there's other companies that are making, um, that style of, of costume and, and just art basically because it was so iconic for that time period. You have stuff like retro go-go that like pr- makes there's, there's masks that are like really sought after. They make mat, they make wall art that is almost identical to those masks that you can buy. And like, you know, just that kind of thing. Like that, that, that style, once you start looking at these pictures, it's, it's hard to not be like, Oh yeah, I remember that kind of thing. I remember seeing those. I want something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like getting a wall art for that, I think is really cool. A, a cool idea for that. And it's it's crazy how that how that stuff factors into it. Well, you know, you talk about those that company making this this style today. Um, you actually can go back. I looked on eBay, and you can actually buy these things. They're not quite as collectible as I thought. They're, you know, if you're if you're a collector and you're into, you know, horror and 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 monster stuff and Halloween stuff. This is a pretty cool thing. Uh, they have several available. 
on eBay, vintage stuff that you can still buy in the box, mint mm-hmm. in package. Um, I, I, I sorted by highest price sold first. So these are sold auctions. Um, but you know, e- even the highest one is a 1965 Phantom of the Opera costume mask. Uh, you know, it looks like a janky horror character <laughs> from the 60s, like exactly what it is. And it's uh, $363, which, yes, that's a lot of money. But like in the scheme of like collectible things... Right. When this is the highest priced one that's available, that's pretty good because uh, going down, they got a 1967 Captain America that sold for 259 bucks. They've got a uh, uh, they got a cool looking 1965 Wolfman costume that's sold for 160, um, and, and just cheaper and cheaper. And so, I'm really considering picking up one of these vintage ones, man. I mean, like. Just getting something from the 60s and 70s and putting it on a shelf looks awesome. Oh, look, here's a dual pair of Bo and Duke, uh, <laughs> Dukes of Hazard costumes for best offer of less than $100. So you, you should see the boss hog that they made during that same time period. Oh, no, look, I was wrong. It was. It's uh, You could get uh, Bo, Duke, and boss hog in that same auction. Nice. Yeah, the um, and the cool thing about those is that uh, most of them come with the original packaging material too. Yeah, and because a you have to have that because like, it'll get crushed. Yes, and the only the only bad thing about those is um, I have heard that just if with it have been folded up for so long, just unfolding it will actually damage. Like, oh, sure, the, yeah. the schmock and stuff like that. Yeah. So wait, did you just say schmock? Schmock, smock, schmock, smock. Oh, well, I always, I always remember saying schmock, it's schmock, you schmock. schmock. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm going to talk just very briefly on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. Because Ben Cooper was known for cheap and shoddy and 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 um, totally horrible costumes. I like to call that accessible. There person. you go. Okay. Well, I'm going the other direction because I want to talk a little bit about Don Post. Okay. So Don Post, uh, in 1938, Don Post Sr. was the first person to create an over-the-head latex mask. So I'm surprised to learn how long ago this this first started. Mm-hmm. But when you think of those Halloween masks at, at um, Spirit or at Spencer's, those highly detailed, those latex ones that are over-the-head... I think we have Mr. Don Post to thank for that. And he um, made this stuff originally in 38, like I said, but in the 50s was hired by Hollywood to do a lot of stuff. He ended up making Planet of the Apes masks, mm-hmm. and they were fully licensed. So like he made them, and they were basically spot on because they were his designs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did licensed stuff from Star Wars, Universal Classic Monsters, Um I did not have it as a kid. Like, I didn't wear it. But when I was a young teenager and I really started collecting Star Wars stuff, I'll always remember Don Post because of his Darth Vader mask, Mm. which was, like, 100% movie lifelike. It was so cool because it was a two-piece mask. It had the -the Mm over-the-helmet, over-the-head helmet piece that you lift up. Mm -hmm. And then also had this faceplate that you just stuck on. Uh, in front, and then you put that mask, that helmet part back on top, and it stuck with a Velcro. And it was, you know, hard, thick plastic, mm-hmm. very durable, and um, was really, really, really lifelike. Did it have, like, any kind of cellophane thing in to, like, do, like, a voice-changing sound effect? I don't think it did. Oh. I think it was pretty basic. But as far as, like, authenticity right. goes, it, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at that versus the Ben Cooper-style mask, mm-hmm. which you're like, what is that character? Like, are you Boss Hog or are you? <laughs> so, so you should look at R two D two for the Ben Cooper mask, and and that is the most ridiculous looking mask I've ever seen. That's crazy. Um, but a little fun fact about the about Don Post, even if you don't recognize his designs um, or remember it from your own childhood, one thing you everybody probably does know about Don Post is that he made a little mask. That actually wasn't very popular at the time. He made a, a William Shatner mask. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And William Shatner, this is during his Star Trek fame. And, you know, you, you nowadays you think, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Um, but actually, that he made that out of, despite his protest. Mm-hmm. When he licensed the Star Trek stuff, he recognized that people weren't really going to want to 
have a William Shatner mask. Like if they're going to wear the, the Star Trek costumes, they're just going to be themselves because like right. it's a human character. So the money for them was in doing like the aliens, like Gorn and, and all these other kind of weird ones. Uh, not not the humans, not right. Spock, not mm-hmm. not Kirk. Um, so they had r- trouble selling those masks. They they were they were lost leaders for them basically. But they were highly available because they didn't sell, mm-hmm. and so they were cheap. And so uh, somebody picked one up, and that is what they used to spray paint white, and that is what became the Michael Myers mask. It's very cool. So, uh, and then after that, of course, <laughs> they were able to then sell Michael Myers masks, and I, I believe Don Post Studios is the ones that 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 make those masks as the authentic masks today. So, they may not look like uh, like William Shatner anymore mm-hmm. because they're Michael Myers, but that's where it came from. That's awesome. So, uh, again, I don't have uh, I don't have any of those masks, but they were. Uh, a mainstay in my childhood and probably a lot of other people's po- other people's childhoods as well. And they still operate. You can check them out at trick or treat studios.com. Cool. Well, one of the things that, um, since we were looking at those masks and like what was popular and that kind of thing, right. During those time periods, I thought we would look at how that influences the things for that's going on right now. Right. Yeah. And so, um, Basically, I was I was looking at my my kids. Um, my oldest kid like is almost always a Disney person, but she's usually someone from um, the Descendants uh, because she loves those movies. Uh-huh. And because of that, um, this year my youngest daughter is also someone from the Descendants. But usually, usually they are something this close together, right? Um, but. Uh, so while I was looking at their costumes with them when we were at Spirit the other day, I, I wondered, I wonder what the most popular costumes are for kids nowadays, right? Uh, and so Sonia Holler uh, from USA Today, she reported on uh, information from the National Retail Federation. And so these are the, the top 10 popular costumes today. Wait, wait, wait before, because I haven't looked at your list. Okay. Legitimately, I'm not cheating. Right. Uh, I'm going to give a guess on a couple of them. Okay. Okay. What do you think? All right. Well, you, I'm... What I'm going to start with number ten. So what do you th- like? What what do you think? Look, you just tell me if I make. I'm going to give you some titles. Oh, sure, you sure. tell me if they make the top ten. Okay, okay? go for it. You don't have to tell me what rank they are. Okay. Um. So I'm going to guess Transformers as one. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh. So this is today. Today. What what the Transformers are still kind of popular. Mm, I guess. Uh. So definitely a Disney character. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say, like, Elsa. Or somebody. Okay. Frozen. Yep, that's on there. Okay, so it, anybody from Frozen. So yep. it could be Olaf yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Then I bet Star Wars is still really popular. So Darth Vader or... Uh, no, no, no. Kylo Ren. Nope. What? Star Wars is not on here. Oh, my gosh. It probably okay. will be next year because... Oh, right. Yeah, we're between movies. Right. Um, And then... Okay. You would think I would know with two kids, but... <laughs> Um, Toy Story? Mm-mm. Or like a Pixar? Is there a Pixar one? Nope. Okay, I give up. Man. Right. You're going to have to give me your list. They're a little, some of them are very specific, but most of them are a little bit more broad. Okay. So starting with number 10 is Pirates. Right? So like pir- ge- Generic Pirates? Yep. Just a pirate costume. Okay. Like, so um, so that is, uh, that's number 10. Number 9 is Frozen. So you got that. Yay. And so that's, there. there's really not a lot of Disney. Well, there is Disney on here, but like not really a lot of Disney. So uh, number eight's vampire, uh, just generic vampire costumes, nothing specific. Uh, number seven, ghosts. Believe it or not, <laughs> ghosts is a costume. Yeah, like well, you know. So I remember it, one of the costumes I had when I was a kid was basically ghost faced, but it was white. It uh-huh. was it had like the streamers that hung down and stuff sure. like that. So okay. Um, uh, number six is witch. Uh, number five is Batman. So that's a specific thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, I have a funny story about Batman, but I, I'll, I'll probably save it for another time. Uh, number four, an Avengers character excluding Spider-Man. <laughs> so they, they, they specifically say that because number three is Spider-Man. Okay. And then, uh, number two are, is just superhero, right? So just any generic superhero costume. And then number one is princess. And uh, so I, I think it's crazy because if you think about that, the number one costume um, is a princess costume, which the very first big hit for uh, for Ben Cooper was Snow White. 
Oh. And so like, I think it's cool. Like that is still a thing. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and just like, so number one's princesses uh, and then number nine is frozen, which is the, the, like the current Disney princess. So that's cool. We, we've, we've come, come full circle. I'm also appreciative that, you know, I was so stuck. Th- th- this is just pop culture today. I was so stuck in the mindset of licensed characters mm-hmm. that I didn't even think like generic pirate, but of course, yeah. or like generic vampire. Of course. Yeah. And see, that's what I like about this is, is, you know, licensing is so crazy in pop culture today. It's nice that you actually see things where people are just buying generic things. Yeah. You know, and part of it might be because you can buy pirate or Jack Sparrow, but Jack Sparrow's $50 as compared to pirate. That's 30. Right. Uh But, and you know, that kind of thing. But I I think it's really cool that, you know, you're seeing like it's stuff outside of licensed, heavily licensed material. That sound can only mean one thing. It's time for Trick or Trivia! All right, Preston, since this is our Halloween episode, I figured I would quiz you on one of my favorite parts of Halloween, which is the candy. Uh, So I have given you a list over there uh, of the 10 most popular candies as reported by Marsha Layton Turner over at Forbes.com. You know... Just as an aside, Ford, Forbes <laughs> has an amazing amount of top ten lists. <laughs> this is ridiculous to me. Uh, so, anyways, this um, this uh, is going to be uh, a good one, I think. Okay, so I'm probably not going to do it in the way you want me to, uh, counting down, uh, because right off the bat, I think I know the number one answer to this. So okay. here, let me give you the list that you've given me, just so my audience, the audience can hear mm-hmm. what we have. Here's the here's the list in total, and I'll try to put them in order. Okay. M&M's, Snickers, Sour Patch Kids, Hershey Bar, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Twix, Butterfinger, Skittles, Kit Kat, and Nerds. Okay, number one, hands down, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, yes. Yay! That's number one. All right, so no matter how 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 I fare on the rest of these, I feel good in knowing I succeeded on the number one. I, I saw that, um, not on Forbes, but I, I think I remember seeing that in another article somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's always the one I go for. Mm-hmm. I will say I am surprised but not surprised that on this list, nowhere do I see those little taffy peanut butter candy things in the black and orange wrappers that used to be mm-hmm. everywhere when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen those things in years until I went to Dollar Tree. <laughs> and then I found them and I bought two packs of them. Why? and. They're gone. I love those things. Oh, Everybody gross. hates them. Yes. They're so the, good. the paper sticks to them. That's the worst part about them. Don't eat the paper. I mean, it's stuck to it. I have to. <laughs> I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll play your little game. All right. So coming in at number 10, I'm going to say Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Uh, going to tell you if you're wrong or right. Um, no, here okay. we go. Uh, all right, going to go Kit Kat number ten. We're going to do Butterfinger number nine. Um, Skittles number eight. Um, Twix seven. M and M six. Now, n- not not in our heyday, but recently, Nerds and Snickers. I'm uh, sorry, Nerds and Sour Patch Kids have gotten like market saturation mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go nerds five sour patch kids four hershey bar three snickers two and reese's peanut butter cups number one okay uh so just like last week <laughs> you were off by one on some of them okay great and you only got one right so. yay <laughs> all right so number 10 and i think this is going to shock you based off where you put it number 10 is hershey bar Really? I agree with that because it it's is kind of just blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always preferred like any like crackle or anything like that. Yeah, over give me just, a crunch bar right. mm-hmm. or even like a Hershey with almonds yeah. or anything. All right. So uh, number nine, you have Skittles. All right. Uh, which I think fits it. Um, yeah, I had that at eight. So we're pretty close. Yeah. And the number eight, Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Uh, and so which What's I think. What's crazy to me is that it's even in the top ten because – when I when we were kids, it was right. such a niche candy. But mm-hmm. those guys have like marketed the heck out of their candy. It's everywhere. <laughs> there is a video game 
for Sour Patch Kids. Oh my god. And Method gosh. Man's in it. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's also, a match made in heaven. They recently came out with some Sour Patch Kids that are two flavors. Like uh-huh. the head is a different flavor, and they're delicious. <laughs> I have some upstairs. I'll give are them you, to you. Do you. Are you the kind of guy that bites the head off of the Sour Patch Kids first? No, I just took the whole thing off. Okay. Off. <laughs> so my my oldest daughter just got those, and so they're awesome. All right, where are we? All right, so number seven is Butterfingers. Okay, um, which I personally love those, but uh, love the flavor. I don't like the texture, and it gets stuck in my teeth. Yeah, uh, I've always heard people with braces hated them, and so because of that, I'm like it getting mm-hmm. stuck in your teeth. But I love I love the flavor, and Bart Simpson's was like their their yeah, mascot, oh my gosh, so. yeah. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Uh, number six is Nerds, which is one of my favorites. Uh, number five is M and M's, so I, f- I think that you're right off, like one off from those. Number four is Kit Kat. Number three is Twix, which is shocking to me because I think Twix is uh, Twix are gross. And then number two is Snickers, which I'm, you know, it's a I classic. got that one right. Oh, did you get it right? Yeah, awesome. And the number one's peanut uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. So I feel good because I got the most important ones right, <laughs> and I was pretty close on some other ones. And uh, ten is honestly hard to hard to rank. So um, I, I feel good. What candy that uh, you're a fan of is not on this list? Um. So uh, you know, I like crackle. I that's one of my favorite things about about Halloween are getting crackle bars. Uh-huh. Um. What? I I like the rice and the chocolate. Isn't it? Is crackle just the same as uh, Nestle's Crunch? It, I think I think Hershey makes or I don't, a different company. Nestle makes versus Hershey. Yeah, because Crackle has a red has a red paper. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're they're oh, yeah, okay. they're both very similar. Yeah. Uh, and and so, uh, but I like the I like the like crunchy chocolatey thing, you know. Um, and so uh, that and Three Musketeers, Three Musketeers are like my jam, son. Okay, worst candy. Which one? When you were a kid, you were just like, Ugh, get it out of here. So for me, worst candy was any sucker type of deal. No, like it was yeah the hard candies like jo- jolly rancher for me is like it's trash i'm trash okay candy. with any anything with a stick on it i hated for some reason when i was a kid like i felt like it took too long to eat it or whatever because it was bigger than the regular candy um and do you want to know what the number one least favorite candy is because they had a top 10 list for that also okay <laughs> the number one was circus peanuts oh uh, that's okay i get it <laughs> but like i don't think i've ever had anybody give me circus peanuts for halloween i feel like there have been bags that had like one or two in them or something like that when i was a kid i always got circus peanuts on car trips like mm-hmm. we would go to a gas station and be like oh I, and I would look for circus peanuts uh-huh. but i think they're disgusting now i have a friend that is an adult and he loves them and i it just blows my mind one thing i'll say about our childhood versus our kids childhood mm-hmm. and looking through their halloween bags is i feel like the Halloween candy experience for our kids has become a lot more homogenized mm-hmm. as compared to us. Nobody's given out sacks full of pennies. <laughs> no one's given out raisins. No one's given out, you know, these weird things like circus peanuts and stuff. People are giving out like you're getting the Mars pack mm-hmm. of M&Ms right. and Milky Ways and Hershey bars and whatever. Uh, or you're getting like the the, the Starburst pack mm-hmm. with the Starburst and the Skittles and the this and the that. It's all like the same candy. So I'm kind of excited when I see the rarity of like the weird off-brand Mary Jane right. or or whatever. So, hey, it's 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 always a thrill of the hunt. Smarties also. Ugh. You don't like Smarties? No. I, Sweetheart. I, uh, sweet sweet tarts, I would like. Yeah, sweet tarts. And but, even the soft ones. I love the soft oh, ones. Oh, yeah, those are good. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, the um, uh, I was surprised that those were not on there. So. boy murdered Silas, buried his body in the field, and dragged Molly from the house, hanging her in the farm's apple orchard. All right, so we've been talking about masks all episode long for our Halloween episode. I thought we'd finish up this show by talking about, really quickly, some of our favorite masks. And they may not be exactly what you think. So I'm going to go first with my number one pick, Behind the Mask. The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Have you seen this before, Brian? I have no idea what this is. Really? All right, so um, this is a movie, and I'm going to have to look and see when it came out, but this is not one that really got a lot of acclaim in the theaters. Like, it didn't have... I don't think it had a wide theatrical release or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But it's 
a documentary style horror movie okay. that mixes like comedy and with with dread. So basically the 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 synopsis is the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. So there aren't any major stars in this movie, but it is a really, really, really well done movie. It's not like an office style necessarily, but you know, it, it has that documentary feel. It's mm-hmm. a it's a fake documentary. Um, you know, it's a fictional documentary, I should say. Um, but it plays on all these tropes of slashers. Like mm-hmm. I remember this one scene where he talks about the creep, okay. about how, oh yeah, they they look behind you and you're going really slow, and then they turn around, you run, 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 run really fast, <laughs> and and then you stop, and and there they are, and that's how they talk about how they get right behind you, you know. <laughs> um, and so it's really funny, really tongue in cheek, but then it starts getting like serious and intense, and you're like, whoa. This isn't necessarily what I sign up for, but it, it leaves you with that little bit of unsettling feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really cool movie. Um, if you're a horror fan at all, um, I would definitely recommend checking this out. Put this on your Halloween watch list. When did it come out? Oh, uh, it came out in 2006. Okay. It's a comedy horror thriller, which is a insane combination. Okay. Behind the mask. All right. Ooh, somebody stop me. Uh, well, so my pick is also something that was insanely intense and uh, and serious. It's it's The Mask starring Jim Carrey, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm gonna kind of lump in the comic with with the uh, the movie. Uh, so like the comic is uh, really cool and extreme. Like I like I love the art style in that comic, uh, and I used to check it out in Walden Books when I was a kid. Um, and there was, it was extremely bloody and gory because, uh, the mask, the mask would like murder people and stuff like that. Yeah. It was an adult comic. Yes. Um, the movie is not that at all. Right. Uh, and there are some parts that, um, do get kind of graphic with tailpipes up tailpipes and that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, this movie came out, I want to say 94, um, and the yeah, height of Jim Carrey yeah. stardom. And it was like an introduction basically, um, to, uh, I actually, this may have been the second movie that she was in, but, uh, it was the thing that basically introduced Cameron Diaz to, to everybody. Yes. Uh, she was a relatively unknown actress. And so, yeah, this is before something about Mary. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but the movie that, that movie to me, uh, like it is so good, you know, they did things in that movie that were really cool because, um, you know, a lot of it is CGI stuff and the way they did, um, the motion for that was very similar to like old Looney Tune cartoons. I can't remember what it's called, but hand-drawn cartoons do a wipe thing, a, like a motion blur effect where they, if you ever look at like stills of like the Simpsons or like Bugs Bunny cartoons, like when someone's moving their head, like they will draw their face all distorted and stuff Uh like that. And sometimes with three eyes and that kind of thing, they literally did that with the CGI in this movie, uh, instead of just putting a motion blur effect, uh, because, um, they wanted to get the same effect as those old cartoons. That's cool. And so, uh, but it's, it's really funny. Um, and it spawned some really horrible sequels, uh, cause you had the son of mask, uh, that came out afterwards. With Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, right? Jamie Kennedy. Oh my word. Um, and then uh, there was also I did not know this until I started looking stuff up on it, but there is another movie called The Mask um, that came out in 2017, and it's the it's this mask. What? Yeah, I I, I have I, I now I am intrigued. It looks like <laughs> a family of of masks because there's like a mom. But this one looks dark, like someone has a knife in their hand and stuff okay. like that. So weird. Uh, yeah, uh, I had no idea that that came out. But there was like uh, a cartoon series also, like that came I out shortly that. after that. Uh, I think the cartoon series was like half Ace Ventura and half The Mask, if I remember correctly. I know that there it was like there was one of the ones that was a Jim Carrey thing, and half was two different movies that he did. So this is one where I'm gonna have to check it out again because I need to revisit it because when I watched it when it came out, I was not a fan, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was just because I I had. I had my fill of Jim Carrey at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I loved Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Don't don't get me wrong, Fire Marshal Bill. I loved all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I think it was just too saturated, and it just played it leaned too hard in the Jim Carrey area for me, and yeah. I may have just been over it. So I'll be interested to check it out um, and, and revisit it and see if if I still hate it. But I'm glad you love it. Yes, I love. <laughs> I just I like those cartoons and stuff. So. 
All right, so for my for my next pick, I'm going with my favorite mask of Mask. Mobile Armored Strike Command. M-A-S-K. That's the cartoon series and the toy line from Kenner. That was one that I loved as a kid. Now, it didn't stick with me. The cartoon didn't stick with me as much as those toys did. But I will say I, I loved it all the same. If you're not familiar with this, this is the one where these guys had, uh, it was a, like a team of, of, of good guys against a team of bad guys. They had a secret layer, and then they had these masks that would give them um, you know, special, special features, and they drove vehicles that would change from one thing to another. So it, it was a great mix of like a G.I. Joe-style toy mm-hmm. with Transformers, which I loved both of those properties. So it would only make sense that I love this as well. Um, I had several of the toys growing up. I had the uh, the Gator with Dusty, whatever his name is, and it was like the Jeep mm-hmm. that you could press open and a boat would shoot out. Um, I had the Hurricane, which is like a classic Cadillac with flames that with Hondo is the character's name, and um, it would turn into like a big, it would jack up real good and have a, a tank or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, did you play with these toys? So it's funny. I did. Um, I was a knockoff kid. I was not huge into Transformers, and I didn't get into G.I. Joe until later uh, in my life. But I loved GoBots, and I loved Mask. And so, like, it's so funny to me because, like, I always think, like, oh, nobody probably even remembers about Mask. And then, like, in my adult life, I have met multiple people that were really into it. And Because to me, it's, it was always just a knockoff, right? I don't, you know, it may seem second tier, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was a knockoff. They had their own comic book series. Yeah. Um, the toys were really popular at least when I grew up mm-hmm. uh, or where I grew up. And um, the collector market is definitely has definitely caught on to it. Yeah. I was an early collector in this stuff because I, I did remember it fondly. And so when I first started getting money, you know, in college, when I was managing a movie theater, I bought some stuff, um, mint in box. Mm-hmm. I had this one thing. It's called the Rhino. It was the, uh, the 18-wheeler or the, you know, the big rig right. truck. And it came with two figures. And I bought it because my friend had it when I was a kid. And I never had it. And I was super jealous. And I always wanted it. So I bought it for like, I don't know, 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. And this was probably in like 2000, 2001. And uh, I bought it for 60 bucks on eBay. And it was was case fresh. It was perfect, pristine, sealed box. And I sold it probably like five years later when I had uh, my first child. Mm Mm-hmm. I was getting furniture for the nursery and I sold a bunch of my toys. But you could have made that the furniture. (laughs) (laughs) And so I sold it. And I remember I sold it for like, I don't know, a hundred bucks. And I was like, hey, I made some money. That's great. Mm -hmm. That same toy now, as good a condition as it was and as popular as these things were, if I had gotten this graded or anything like that, I mean, this has been like a thousand dollar toy right now. They're so expensive. I'm never going to get anything. I'm glad that I did save one. You know, I weighed the options. I got rid of the Rhino, but I kept the Condor. So I've got the little motorcycle that turns into the helicopter. Mm-hmm. I still got one of those on my on my shelf in my game room. Um, so Mask, very popular. But I will say, as much as I love the show, I have watched the cartoon mm-hmm. in recent years. It does not hold up. Most of those cartoons it from is that time bad. Yeah. It is bad. The, the one thing I liked about that as a kid was getting to see them choose the team for each episode. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, each one had like special powers and stuff. So it was always interesting whenever they had their problem, they'd all come to the table together and then they'd like get, get called upon to, to be on the, mm-hmm. on the team for that episode. And I was always excited to see who that was. Anyway, I talked about that too long <laughs> mask. Really cool. Love the toys. Check it out. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Uh, My next one is V for Vendetta. Uh, So the Guy Fox mask for that. Uh, So I was personally, I won't want to say anti V for Vendetta up until this year. 
Um, it's just, it was, it, that mask is something that has just, I feel it's, it, I see it too much. Right. it's like, Oh, if you don't like this one hit wonder and you hear it everywhere you go, like that to me is what the V for Den, uh, the guy Fox mask is. Yes, It's done. Yes. And then, um, I finally watched the movie, uh, uh, this year, probably like a couple months ago. And, uh, you know what? I like it. <laughs> I thought the movie was awesome. You're a convert. Yeah, and so um so I'm I'm into that mask. And you know, I think that mask it's so crazy because uh you know, I think now more than ever that mask is needed, right? And then uh you you see it at so many events and stuff like that. Like people people just wear the Guy Fox mask everywhere. I think it's so iconic in the way that it looks. Um and I you know, I think it's it's so ubiquitous in this time period where you see it and you have an idea of what someone's trying to say when you see someone someplace with it on, you know. Um, so the uh, I just think that how iconic that mask is, uh, and and with with that movie, how popular that movie became, and you know the the comic uh, was was very popular as well. Yeah, and well, so, I'm gonna be one of those guys and say I enjoyed the movie, but the the book was better. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Moore did that one along with David Lloyd. And I got to meet David Lloyd at a comic convention uh, several years ago, and he was pr- he was there to promote his new book, which was like a crime noir kind of thriller thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the artist, not the writer he, uh, of V for Vendetta, but he was the writer and author uh, artist for the book he was promoting. But in that, he drew me a sketch of the Guy Fox math. Nice. So I've got the original artist. Of of that iconic iconic imagery, you should get a um, one of those shadow box things uh-huh. and have a picture of you wearing the Guy Fox mask in it, and then have the book in, in the shadow box also, so you can display it. <laughs> You're so weird. No. Oh, All yeah, right. Well, that's that's my V, uh, v for Vendetta. Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Okay, so for my last favorite mask, I'm going to go with an actual mask. Uh, my, My last two, remember, were a movie and then a TV show. This one is an actual mask, and I'm going to go with Ghostface. Although, when you and I were growing up, Mm -hmm. that was not called Ghostface, as I remember it. Because that mask was made famous by the movie Scream. Mm -hmm. But what was awesome about Scream, and one of the reasons that was so effective, was because they took something that was so innocuous. Mm -hmm. And it already existed. It already existed. That mask was that just dime store dollar store mask it was everywhere it was cheap like if you didn't have a costume and you were last minute you could go pick up one of these Mm -hmm. masks with that weird ghost face thing Mm -hmm. and it was uh it wasn't until scream took that and those horror killers made it their thing it became frightening um and not only did it become frightening it became popular and in demand Mm -hmm. and then it started to get licensed and known as Ghostface. And now if you buy it, even still today, it has the Scream branding and yep. says Ghostface on it. I saw it in Dollar General just the other day. Mm-hmm. See, so I don't remember it being called anything before the, yeah, the movie, either. right? But I assume that it was called, that the costume was probably called Ghostface. Oh, maybe. That's, that, like, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I, I can't imagine like like them coming up with a name for it. I mean, maybe they did just for marketing maybe it's just reasons. Ghost mask, yeah. right? And then they just said Ghost Face. I, I, Who knows? I think the cool thing about that is they um, MTV has been picking up old licenses and they have a Scream TV show. Do you know oh, about that? No, I didn't know this. Yeah, so like now if you go into the the how the mat, the Halloween store, you'll see like MTV's logo on it also. So it, it's they they've recently picked that up. Uh, so. Yeah, so uh, those are our five picks, our fast five, our favorite Halloween masks uh, this season. So if you haven't seen or heard or know any about any of those, make sure you check them out. Uh, I think that's going to do it for our show today. And I want to give a thanks to everybody for listening to the show. Please shoot us an email at waybackattack at gmail.com. We always want to hear from you. I'm sure we have misspoken somehow and you want to correct us. Let us know. Uh, We want to hear from you guys. 
And greatly appreciate it if you can subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback on your preferred podcast app, and it goes a long way to helping the show grow and reach new ears. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd also like to thank Mark Dowd for our logo and Dmitry Zubinov for our theme song. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham, and you can always find the show at Wayback underscore Attack and WaybackAttackShow.com. Preston, where, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Squared Stiff on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next week. And I hope everyone has a happy and safe Halloween. <laughs>